Hello, and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am one of your hosts. Every week, we bring you interviews with makers and artists of all kinds from all over the world that identify as female, non-binary, or transgender. Today's guest is Des of Harvester Woodworks. Des was on a previous episode of the podcast way back when, when it was still called the Maker Mom podcast. She was guest number 64. Today's episode is a little bit different because Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, uh, has kindly offered to do some guest hosting. If you remember, I um, have a form available for you to fill out if you're interested in being a guest host of the podcast in order to uh, bring more voices uh, to let people share their stories and uh, bring on some guests that they would like to bring on. Uh, and so this is kind of one of our, our trial uh, runs here with Bonnie being the host. And I'm so grateful that she was um, interested in that and reached out and filled out the form. So if you are interested in being a guest host, you can complete the form for that either on um, my Instagram account of Freeman Furnishings or on the Crafting a Revolution podcast uh, Instagram account. You can also find the form in that link in the bio. So please check that out, complete it, and I will be in touch. Now, before we head on into the conversation between Bonnie and Des, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Matthew from Artigiano Serio, Candice, CJ Woodgrain, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio, Obey, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued ongoing support, helping to make this podcast happen every week and every month. And uh, with no further ado, let's head on into the conversation with Bonnie and Des. Hi. I'm Bonnie Larson. Welcome to Crafting Revolution. I want to thank Katie for giving me the opportunity to be um, a guest host today. So um, I want to introduce my friend Des. Do you go by Des or Desiree? I know I call you Des, and some people call you Desiree. So I, I'll let you I answer to all. I don't. I don't have a specific. <laughs> I uh, I usually put Des down just because I'm lazy and I, if it's quicker to type. So if it's quicker, it's easier for me. Um, but as far as like speaking terms, I, I go by it all. There's no preference here. Okay, Des or Desiree um, from Harvester Woodworks. And um, Desiree, so you've been on episode 64 before and I'm correct, right? 64, if you remember, you remember when you were, how long ago was that you were on episode? It's been a, it's been a while. I remember it. I don't remember the exact episode number. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 64 as far as I, as I know. I just want to, um, if you could just go ahead and give a, a brief update of where you grew up, um, you know, how you got into woodworking, um, kind of, and then just like a brief description of where you grew up, 
growing up as a child and then we can kind of jump into whatever you're doing now so I'll let okay. you go ahead um well I was born in Montana in Great Falls um was an Air Force baby and uh eventually we migrated over here to Idaho and I have grown up in um I grew up just south of Boise but still in the same valley like you know towns right next to each other um but I grew up there and uh, moved away after high school, moved back, and now I'm still here in Boise. So I have been in the state of Idaho for 32 years about. Um, so I, I would like to say I know my way around this area. <laughs> it's it's beautiful area, I do have to say. Yeah, I've been, I've been up and down Idaho a little bit and I wanna say it is a beautiful area to live. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty great. There are some areas where you really have to appreciate um, like a high desert. <laughs> if you don't like sagebrush and hills, you probably wouldn't like that area, but we have a right. lot of pretty areas as well. Nice. And so um, you do, you have a couple of kids, correct? Mm -hmm. I have two. I have a 15 year old boy and a five year old girl. Wow. And so I think last time when you were on, I think your daughter might have been maybe two or three. She sounded really, really, really young. So yeah, I she was she was small and um, wanted to be very involved in the that, that uh, interview. <laughs> <laughs> so she's five. And so you're going from teenage years to you still, you know, just a, you're running around a lot besides you also work, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, a sports massage therapist. Um, I work with the local college here, Boise State. I work on the athletes and um, I have a, an office as well where I do um, private client work, but I love it. It's like the best job. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So how, how do you spend your, how do you designate your time between you know, having a, a job, having a job and then your business is a, is a hobby business. Am I correct? It's saying the woodworking, yeah. The woodworking is a hobby business, yeah. So how do you how do you designate your time recently? Because I know that those are two uh, very important ages where it's it's hard to be in many places at many times. Yeah, well, and you know, while my teenager is somewhat self sufficient on some things, um, I swear most days the both of them have the same maturity level. <laughs> So sometimes it's easier to manage them that way, but um, I work, I work five days a week, but I work various hours. So um, usually only about 25-ish hours a week, which is um, pretty close to full-time for a massage therapist. So not too terribly bad. Um, and then uh, usually in the past, I've been able to work in my shop either on um, on weekends or uh, at night after the kids go to bed or if I have a day off while the kids are at school. Um, back in uh, March, we thought it would be a great idea to tear our house apart and do a pretty major renovation. So while I have been doing a lot of woodworking projects, um, they have all been house-based and I love my house and I love the way it's turned out, but there are moments where I'm, I'm kind of sick of it and I want to look at something else. <laughs> I, I, so I can understand that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the woodworking lately has been, uh, it has looked a lot different and, and I've had to push off projects, other projects, um, a lot, but I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And right now we're stuck in, um, baseboard limbo. So <laughs> not my favorite place to be by any means, but we're, we're at the end and, uh, I'm ready to be done. So I can work on something other than the house. I, I feel like I have done nothing but work on projects since March, but the reality is they've all been either in the backyard or in the house. So I have not spent very much time in my shop at all this year. And the mice have, um, taken over. They have decided it is theirs. And when I go into the shop now, they no longer care that I'm there. They still go about their business just the same. (laughs) So I need to get back out there a little bit more um, continually to let them know that they are not, they're not renting this place. They don't, they don't have ownership. <laughs> they don't. I know. It, it's funny when you, when you say that, because I was thinking about, I'm here in Wyoming at my uncle's place right now, and I've been trying to clean out his old shop garage. And I literally found, I think it was a dead raccoon or something. Like it was, oh, it was pretty big underneath one of his tables. And I was, and I, and it was so dried up and I was like oh my gosh like I, I can't I can't get this out I had to call a friend say hey there's some big animal is dead that's stuck underneath this this shop area and I can't get it out so um I understand that because you don't want to you don't want to let it sit down for that long so don't you know get out in there when you can I did I uh I used to be so we have on the back side of our garage we have it's more of like a storage shed than a shop um and I used to be in that, but it was so small that I grew out of it really quick. So I moved out to the bigger shop and the bigger shop is just feet away from a Creek. So, um, there's a lot of animals that come through and I had a raccoon. So we have a dog door on the shed. It's where my dogs stay during the winter. If they're outside, they can go in and there's heat in there and the, uh, or not a raccoon, sorry, a skunk. Um, I was outside last summer, I believe. And it was like, I don't know, one in the morning, Skunk just poked his head through the dog door like it was no big deal and saw me and was just like, oh, my bad. And just backed its way out and just left. And I was so scared to leave the shop that I was in there for like another hour just because I didn't want to get sprayed when I left and I was almost done. So I've had my fair share of animal run-ins. Fortunately, none of them have been mummified, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't blame them either. If it's a if it's a warm shop and it's cold outside in, in Idaho, <laughs> you know. And there's and there's nice dog beds in there, you know, good good little sleeping hole right next to the the doggy door, and you know the dogs they're not out there as much during the winter, so the animals do like to come in and and check it out and see the warmth. But I don't I don't like it when I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your so. Um, you have you done a lot of DIY project renovation houses before, or is this something that's that's new, or does it's something that your you know your dad used to do when you were growing up, and you just you kind of know what to do, or are you watching YouTube videos, or how 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 did you go about doing your renovation to your um, to your house, your DIY stuff? So um, in the last house that we lived in, we did flooring, so I had some experience with flooring and subfloor. Um, and uh and that's all (laughs) so (laughs) we went into this project with the optimism that um we would be able to do all of it 
except for we were going to have an electrician come in and take care of a couple things for us. Mm-hmm. And um, so far, that's still what happened. We did everything. We had a lot of trial and error. I watched a ridiculous amount of videos on YouTube. And, you know, like I, I kind of went into this with the idea that this was very much going to be like a do-it-yourself type of kitchen you know people were going to understand when they walk in the house that yeah we did it by ourselves and it's not perfect but it turned out way better than we expected (laughs) so I'm super happy about that um I did a lot of the you know carpentry work and I did the tile work um but my husband did a ton of stuff that I am not capable of doing like I found out I am so bad at drywall (laughs) I'm so bad it's it's not an easy thing to do trust me i i did a, i did our whole basement in our first house that we lived in and um and i'm a perfectionist so i mean any little any little thing you know you see because i don't think we put a whole lot of spackle you know on the walls so texture on the walls so i, I totally understand that it's dusty it's boring it, you have to, it takes so many so many times to recode it and get everything straight so I can totally understand that. It's not a job for everybody that everybody wants to do. If I had to redo it ever again in my life, I would never do it again, ever. And that was one whole basement. Yeah, I, the, the whole um, experience of drywall has led me to believe that the amount of money that the professionals charge is fair. And I will pay that next time. I don't want to do that again. Such so bad. (laughs) Yeah. And they are professionals for that reason. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if, if they're willing to do it via payment or not, that to me is huge. <laughs> like <laughs> I would just, you know, sign me up. When can you be here? So hopefully you dry well, I don't have to do again. I don't mind patching, you know, small holes or whatever, but right. not right. my cup of tea. At all. <laughs> How long did it take for your, for the kitchen? Cause I saw, so I know you did your kitchen and then your living room. And I saw you do your stairwell as well. Is that all you've done this year or the last year? Um, how long is it taking you to do just those things with, you know, your work? And I mean, I can't imagine being out of a kitchen for very long with a family of four. Like, I don't know where you ate, like, you know, did you eat frozen dinners? <laughs> you know, how did you manage all that? So, um, we, so we, we had a non-functioning kitchen for 34 days. Um, and so uh, we live in a tri-level house and it's very traditional tri-level. You walk in and there's that kind of formal living room, um, separated, uh, by a wall to the kitchen on the other side. Um, so we, we had a contractor look and the wall was totally non-weight bearing. So we took the whole thing out and opened up the entire room. It gave us a chance to redesign the kitchen to make it way more functional and usable. Um, that formal living room, we hardly ever used at all. Um, so now we have a, a living room that's a lot more functional and it's awesome. I love it a lot better, but, um, we were very familiar with all of the local takeout places during that time (laughs) period. I planned ahead and I bought a ton of food that was like, I could either make it in our camper or I could use um, just like a microwave to get that done. 
you know, after I think maybe a week of that, week and a half of that, it, you know, it, it's fine to do that and to prepare meals that way. But when you literally have no like workable counter space because everything is covered in dirt and dust and insulation and like the amount of mouse skeletons that rain down and you know it, it's just it was not a great place to eat so yeah. we tented the whole area off and uh, basically lived in our basement for all of our kitchen needs so we just kind of gave in and we did a lot of takeout it was something I included in the budget as like a just in case and so yeah. I'm glad I did because there is there is no way we could have survived that long. And the first day when we got the sink put in was on day 33. And then um, day 34 was when we actually got water hooked up. And I swear to you, like I probably turned the water on and let it run for like 15 minutes while I danced around the, the whole house. I was so excited doing the dishes in the bathtub sucks. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not, it's not for everyone. <laughs> So. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I can I can kind of relate to that right now because I've been living in my trailer last summer and this summer, and it's just a little you know it's a little a frame trailer. It's a hard top, but it's a frame trailer, so I don't really have an area that I can cook a lot in, you know. And, and so it makes it really hard. I mean, I'm only one person, so I can't imagine you know trying to cook for four, you know, and not having your not having the necessities. Like it's okay to camp. It's kind of fun for you know like a couple days or a weekend. But for thirty, for thirty four days, I, I don't think I could do it. I couldn't do it. I don't. I don't think I could. Yeah, it it sucked, and it was still it was still relatively cold here. So our camper was still winterized. So I could use the stove in the camper or the microwave, but I couldn't do anything with water. I, so, you know, it oh. it we were still limited on that end. So it did help to to have other options. Um, you know, we had a little cart that we put a microwave on and. We just kind of pushed it around the room, <laughs> but it, you know, the hardest part I think was when, um, so we had initially why we did the whole renovation was we had a pretty major water leak under our dishwasher that started before we even bought the house. And, um, when we did the renovation, it, the subfloor and the main floor was so rotten that it literally just, you could just pick up a handful of rotten flooring and just stare down into the, the crawl space. I mean, it was that bad. So, and we had mold that had grown obviously because of the water. Um, so we had to treat some of the joists and clean them up to get the mold off of those. And we had to replace a, a lot of sections of flooring. Part of that because we took out a wall, part of it because we took out, um, like we, we relocated some HVAC. So there was a lot of random holes that you know, we kind of like duct taped, we put, we put your um, little floor mats, uh, you know, like you would have at your entryway, we duct taped those over the top. So at least if somebody stepped on it, they weren't going to fall through. And, you know, at one point we had like a six by six hole in the middle of the floor that was open for a couple of days while we had to air things out and dry it out and clean it up and replace. And so it, uh, it sucked. <laughs> we definitely had our moments. I, had a few moments where I kind of broke down and lost it because I just, it was, it was a lot to handle. I think if we were to ever redo it again, 
I would totally be on board to do all the same stuff. I just wouldn't live here while we were doing it. That's, that's really the only thing I would change because that was the hardest part. Yeah. What, what did you use to treat the mold? I'm from a very um, Pacific Northwest weather area. So what, what did you guys use? Was it a specific like, uh, like moldicide or something that you sprayed on and then let you set or tell me, tell me more about that. Yeah. And I, oh my gosh, now that you asked me, I can't remember the name of the bottle um, or the name of the company, but the, the bottle, it's a lime green bottle and it literally says like mold on it or something, something like mold that. Remover. It's like mold remover or something, but it's lime green. We got it at, I don't know, Home Depot or Lowe's. We practically lived at both of those stores during that time. Um, but it's, it's the craziest product. You spray it on a surface and you can spray it on porous surfaces or non-porous it doesn't matter and you could literally just watch the mold disappear it is absolutely insane but you have to make sure that the surface has a chance to fully dry um and so you know we had to like let it air out overnight make sure the joists were fully dry and then we could spray everything and then let it dry again and then it was fine so awesome product i would 100 use it again um I think it was the only one that was like a lime green bottle, but yeah, totally worth it. It wasn't even that expensive. Um, in, in our position, it wasn't, it wasn't the type of mold where you would have to like tighten your house and have it treated. So we got really lucky, but yeah, if, if you don't have to do a treatment, that is the way to go. That stuff was awesome. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about that. And then I've also, I also noticed um, you used SketchUp. Have you used SketchUp before when you were, when you were designing your kitchen you used, did you use the SketchUp for the whole kitchen or just that the, the center Island that you made um, in the kitchen? Did you tell me about that? So, um, so we, as of next month, we will have been in this house for six years. So when we bought the house, we bought the house with the intentions that, um, we would be redoing the kitchen. The kitchen, I think, had been last redone in like 92 or 94, um, but it still had the original cabinets. We knew the kitchen was in rough shape. So that was in the plans to um, renovate eventually. So not too long after we moved in, um, I found uh, that Ikea had this little kitchen design program that you could use online and you could like take their products and actually redo everything. So oh, I did. Nice yeah, well, and I made I made a couple different designs where like one was the kitchen as is and one was the kitchen and living room combined without the wall. And I think my husband kind of was looking at me like, you know, calm down. <laughs> so obviously, this is not this is not how it's going to go. And so we, um, you know, we kind of just looked at it and whatever, put it away and didn't think about it again. And I um, I took a course online and I feel like it was from the wood whisperer um I think it was one that you could purchase from him I could be wrong I can double check that to make sure um but he does an online sketchup course and um I don't know two two three years ago he had it on sale for the holidays so I bought the course and literally like lived in SketchUp for months, working through every individual video and making a thousand notes and just forcing myself to design random crap so that I could learn how to do this program. And I, I would say I still have a lot to learn, but
but I got to a point where I was using less waste on projects because I could build them beforehand and sketch up because I, I before was just sketching things by hand in a book. And I still do that. It's kind of my first ideas before I go to sketch up. Right. Um, but before I was sketching things out on paper, I would literally just look at the wood that I had and just start going for it and see what happened. And um, I've come a long way <laughs> since then, but uh, I love SketchUp. I use it all the time now. And if I get an idea, like I'm very, I can very, very vividly visualize a project in my head. I know exactly what it looks like and the idea of approximate dimensions and colors and I can switch things in my head and like, oh, I like that as cherry wood, but maybe if I tried it as walnuts. And so it's nice to have an outlet where I can fully put that down on paper and have it look the way that it looks in my head because I can draw, but not, you know, not like that. <laughs> so, right. Right. so yeah, SketchUp was huge for this project because um, the island that we did was completely custom, the whole island. Um, and it kind of started, uh, so we decided um trying to think of when when we so we decided maybe December ish that we were gonna move forward with the kitchen um renovation in the upcoming spring and summer um and then like January I think um I was cooking dinner and I dropped a glass olive oil bottle on my stove and we had a glass cooktop stove and it totally shattered oh my gosh and I got super upset. I was really frustrated and angry and like, oh, we don't have the budget for a stove right now. And, you know, that wasn't in the plans. And my husband came in and saw it and he just started laughing. And he's like, remember the conversation we had where you said the island would work a lot better with a different stove? So I think that's where you were headed with it. And I was like, I swear, I swear I wasn't. And I totally, I did not do it on purpose, but it worked out really good because yeah, we got a different stove. It's a full stove. But the, um, the cooktop portion of it is designed to look like it's just a cooktop that's been dropped into an island. So instead of having a full stove and it's super seamless and it looks so good. So it, the island hadn't been designed at that point. And um, so buying the new stove, we got it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go to SketchUp. And I designed the island around the stove. So that was kind of cool to have, have that type of, freedom you know to visualize that and make it happen and literally we just we set up the measurements that we want we taped it out on the floor yeah and that's that's how a lot of our kitchen was we had a design we had measurements once everything was gone then we just did a lot of taping to figure out is that going to fit um we we bought our cabinets used um we got really lucky there was a house uh here in the valley that they had these really nice cherry hardwood cabinets that they didn't like anymore. So they just took them out and um, they were in pretty good shape. One of the, one of the cabinet boxes was broken from um, when they took the countertops off, but overall they were fine. Um, so we, we got them, I mean, what would our budget would have been, you know, 10,000, 11,000 in cabinets. We got them for 800 bucks. I talked to people down right. and yeah. So I had to modify, I think I spent a week modifying cabinets to fit our custom kitchen design um, and then we had to buy we didn't have to buy but I didn't want to make a drawer unit so we bought a drawer unit and we bought the pantry units um, so those those cabinets were new but 
you know, modifying cabinets, taking the boxes apart, reassembling them, changing the design. I had to change drawer sizes, door sizes. There was a ton of stuff that I did uh, to kind of customize the layout of our kitchen. And it was a lot of work that I wouldn't have had to do if we had bought custom cabinets, but right. for how much money we saved, totally worth it. A hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, I think even like a kitchen your size nowadays would easily run you, I would say more, I would say more like at least $20,000. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm surprised because I used to, I used to build kitchens a long time ago, like in 19, let's see, 1993, 1995, 19, um, in 87. And, and that's the way that we used to do it. I mean, we used to, you know, go in, lay everything out, you know, put tape down so that, you know, the, the customers could see exactly where everything was going to be and visualize it a lot better. But I mean, I, I think the prices even back then when I, cause I sold kitchen cabinets for a while too, for a company. And a lot of my kitchen cabinets, kitchens were pretty small. Even back then it was $10,000 and they weren't all custom. Some of them were modular cabinets. So it's, it's amazing how much you can save doing it yourself. But like you said, the, you know, it takes a lot of time to do that. So, but you yeah. learned a lot. You learned a ton, like a ton of information that you didn't think you would know, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, in the past, both my husband and I have talked about how how it would be kind of fun to buy a property and do some renovations on it, and you know, either sell it as like an investment property or save it as a rental, just just for fun, you know, just a side project to be able to like have the the working therapy of you know tearing things apart and building something and after this project oh, I could totally do that over and over again but I could not do that with a job or right. with um you know kids or like that it's that's a lot of work that would have to be your full-time job so for the people who do that all the time I have a very profound respect <laughs> because that's, that's so much work and it's you know, we, we, we looked at having some contractors and, and pricing out and, you know, we would have been somewhere around 70,000 to renovate the kitchen and, and the living room the way that we did. And we saved like 50 grand. So yeah. I feel good about it. I really do. Um, but it's probably one of the hardest things I've had to do. I'm, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator and not in a bad way. Like I do my best work last minute and on a deadline. And, uh, this, this is not, this was not that kind of project. <laughs> so it was, it was a huge challenge for me, but it was, it was yeah. a lot of fun. And, you know, my husband currently right now is building a new banister. So I wanted a custom banister and, um, you know, just like the, the steel banister with the cables, that yeah, down. wired that they, that they are putting in a lot of the, those type of homes right now. Yeah. And yeah. So he spent this last weekend working on that and he's almost done with it. We still have to get the cable kit in, but you know, he's things like that. I can't do that. I mean, I right. could, I could weld something so that it held together, but you wouldn't want to look at it. Oh, you can actually weld? Barely. <laughs> I did, uh, I did welding in high school and, and some woodworking classes in high school. And so I, I understand the concept of it. I know how it works. Um, but it, it would be, it would be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely something that I want to learn how to do someday, but I just have to have the change, you know, I haven't had the time yet to do that. And but to touch base on what you were saying about, 
you know, how people can come and do, you know, remodeling full time. I'm struggling with just getting, you know, my uncle's house. And then I got to go down to Arizona and work on his trailer and get that cleaned out. And, and, and like, and that little trailer, I really do need to remodel it because I want to live in it for a while while I rent my mom's place out. So I, but I'm at this age now, now being 55 where I'm like, I don't know, it's a lot of work. I mean, I used to do, you know, that sort of stuff all the time when I had kids and, and I worked part-time and now I'm like, I just tire out a lot easier than I used to. So it's, it, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. I can understand that. Tell me a little bit about um, one of your, your grates that you had in your, in your kitchen. It, it's hidden or how is that grate and the flooring for your vents? Yeah. Um, so my husband and I, this is creepy and, and great all at the same time, but my husband and I were talking about how cool it would be to have the floor vents integrated with the flooring because we, we used LVP flooring, um, but we couldn't find anything like any floor vents that matched or were close enough. And I hate when you're cleaning over the top of them and they're just super clunky and yeah. I just, I, I think, um, I kind of was the ringleader on this one, but we were talking about it, you know, before we went to bed and I just was like, oh, I wish there was an option. I really hate this and it sucks. And so, you know, whatever, fast forward to the next day, I got on Instagram and, you know, crazy enough, my phone listened to me, which is super creepy, but it did its job <laughs> and it listened. And this ad popped up for this company called Ari Events. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, they're a Canadian based company and they make vents that specialize in um, being like a flush vent that uses your flooring. So they totally um, like mold into the floor. They're super easy to install. So did a bunch of uh, shopping around and found out that the vents are a ridiculous amount of money. Like, uh, like your standard, you know, air vent was like 75 to 90 bucks. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. And there was only a couple dealers here in town. And I'm like, ah, we need like six plus an air return. And you know, that's a lot of money. And so I just yeah. went straight to the source and just went to Aria and looked at their website and the vents that I wanted were 25 bucks. So I was like, how quickly can I get them? <laughs> so I ordered those up. The, the air return rent was a little bit more expensive, but it's big. Um, and there's a lot more involved in that one. So uh, I was okay to pay a little bit more for that one. But the fact that I paid a quarter of the cost was also a huge win for me. I love a good deal. I, right. I love buying things on sale. So if I can get a good deal, even if it's not on sale, I'm all over that. So that company was awesome to work with. They shipped super fast. I didn't have any problems with, you know, shipping through customs or anything like that. And um, even, even with the cost of shipping, it was a quarter of the cost of buying it here locally. So, and it took the same amount of time. So I was super proud of that. I love those vents. Even now, like cleaning my floor, I will find myself just staring at them like, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> Well, uh, and what I liked about it is I know what, what you were saying is like, you run a vacuum over those things and, you know, they just get beat up. Like how, yeah. how does it look today after running the vacuum over it? You probably don't even notice it. Like it, they it's look not brand new still. Really? Yeah. And they, 
they're the ones that I picked out are not perfectly flush to the floor, but they sit like a 16th of an inch off of the floor. So just barely. Um, so, and that's just the, the lip of the vent, like the part where the flooring is, that's totally flush with the floor. So it's, it's totally fine. I mop over them. I vacuum over them. I don't have any issues. I've had the kids and the dogs literally stand on top of them, run across them, sit on them. No issues at all. The only thing I wasn't super happy with was our air return vent. Um, I think most people have those in the wall and ours originally was in the wall, but we took the wall down. So we decided to put it in the floor next to the island. Um, and so the challenge we were running into is the, the gaps on the vent are a little bit bigger than um, like with the, with the airflow vents, they actually have a little like catch underneath. So you're not looking directly into the void. Um, yeah. And if you drop something, it's just going to fall into there and you can just pick it up out of the vent. So right. you're not going to lose anything. But with the air return vent, it wasn't like that. It was just, you know, slits that go straight in. And we didn't want to look down at a big metal box, an HVAC box. Um, so I just took screening, like window screen, just a okay. black window screen. And I just hot glued it to the bottom of it. So now, you know, we have dogs and, and we have some cats. And so if, if the hair gets caught in the vent or if the kids drop something or whatever, I just, I just pull it out and then vacuum out, you know, whatever hair or crumbs or whatever fall in there. And you can't see through to the, the bottom. It doesn't look like there's a screen under there. It's really nice. So that's, that would be my only thing that I would have changed about that vent was just having a better option if you were using that as a floor vent. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, even as is, I would still buy it the same as I did when I did. So yeah, great vents, great company, super awesome customer service. Like I, I can't speak enough to how great they were to work with. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. so, so now that you're pretty much done with your house, are you going to go back in, 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 in do more um, Etsy selling or Facebook selling or because before I know you were making like, you know, Jeeps and, and kind of some custom furniture. Like what, what are your plans as far as kind of now that you're getting your house the way that you want it? Um, will you be back to doing some of those things you did before? Yeah. So I have, um, I have a, uh, like a hall tree kind of that I need to make for the house. And then I have one windowsill that I need to put in um, and then some custom shelves that I'm gonna be putting up. So once I get those done, um, then I have a couple more Jeeps that I need to make. I've got a list of some people that I need to get those out for. And then um, I have this one guy, I feel so bad. I have been pushing him off all year because he wanted a project right before Christmas and I just didn't have the availability for it. And then this whole house thing has taken forever. Um, and I had the opportunity to work on it a little bit during the summer, but we had an issue where mother nature took over and we had 20, it was either 21 or 22 days of over hundred degree weather, like 103 plus, um, which is not normal for our area. Sometimes we'll get that, but it's, you know, maybe a week, 10 days tops and they're not all in a row. Yeah. Um, so I can't work in my shop when it's like that because it gets really hot and humid in there. And um, it, I've, I've even made like my own little fancy air conditioning unit, but it's, it's too hot. And I get to a point where products start going bad and they don't work properly. I can't set up epoxy. So I literally can't operate and I don't have um, 
the uh, like circuit breaker power capacity to run an air conditioning unit in that sh in that shop. So I just don't do a whole lot during that time of the summer. And the summer, it just kind of sucked up all the empty time that I had. So I, I think I'll probably push his up a little bit on the timeline and try and do that before I get some of the other house stuff done. Um, once we're done with baseboards, because I've pushed him off way too long. Um, but once I get done with that and the Jeeps, then I'll probably go back to doing custom orders. Um, I didn't have a great experience on Etsy. I, I sold a lot and that was pretty great. Okay. Yeah, it's just the the fees are just ridiculous. And, you know, I think it's it's one of those like to eat your own type of situations where for some people that works great because they sell in mass bulk. For me, I was selling a lot, but it wasn't enough to make up for all the fees that you had to pay. And it just it just got to a point where the money that I was making was not worth the projects that I was making. And I didn't want to feel like I was being forced into something I didn't like to do. And um, I really like woodworking. So I didn't want it to get to that point. So I pulled out of Etsy and um, now I just do custom orders, independent type of stuff. I do advertise a little bit on Facebook if I do a bulk product, um, okay. usually like for Christmas or something like that. But I think I'm just going to stick with custom stuff. I really enjoy doing that. And I like, um, you know, I like doing things that are custom. I like the Jeeps that are, you know, I have a picture of the real Jeep and I can make it custom like that. I really enjoy yeah. that. So. And I bet you your customers really enjoy that too. Cause I had like, I had like somebody do a dog for my, for my daughter and to get to see the actual piece, you know, of each dog on, you know, camera, it looks so much different, but you know, to see it in person, it's like, oh my gosh, wow, that is actually really cool. So, I mean, that's kind of neat that, that you get to do that for people. I'm sure they, I'm sure they love it and you probably get repeat customers and, you know, word of mouth, next thing you know, you know, they're calling you, so. <laughs> well, and it helps that a lot of the people who own these older, you know, Willie's flat fender Jeeps, it's kind of like a cult following. <laughs> like yeah. they, they, they don't come in singles. You find one of them and all of a sudden you found a whole group of them and they're awesome people. I mean, we've met people from all over the nation and, and even up in Canada and Mexico and they're awesome people, but yeah, you, you make one Jeep for one person. And all of a sudden it's like, everybody's like, what, what, what is that? What is that? So <laughs> it's, it's cool. I really enjoy that. We, uh, we have a Jeep, you know, so we're part of that, that Jeep family. And so it's, it's nice. They're just, they're great people. And I think making things for people like that, I put in a lot more effort and a lot more, um, you know, heart into it just to go above and beyond just because I want to see them happy. So yeah, I like that. It's definitely more meaningful. So is that, is, is, is that primarily, primarily what you do um, on your off time is jeeping or do you have also have another hobby that, that you like to do as well as jeeping? <laughs> uh, so the jeeping thing is definitely my husband's thing. It's his, it's his hobby. I love doing that with him. I love doing that with our kids. I'm just a giant baby and we go over certain obstacles and like, I will bail out faster than a cockroach when you turn the light on. Like I'm, I am terrified of everything. I rolled a vehicle once and I, I, you know, we've had moments where we've been so tippy 
that on my side, we're like three inches from the ground. So if we tipped over, it would literally just be like, boop. And I'm over here just white knuckling it, like carving my name into the metal, just thinking I'm going to die forever. So I'm a big baby. I get a lot of exercise on Jeep trips, like a lot. And um, I like to track our Jeep uh, trails on my watch. I have a Garmin watch. And my husband thinks it's so funny because he can track the obstacles based off of my heart rate. (laughs) So I enjoy the Jeep thing. It's definitely his, but I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun and our kids love it. And it's a, it's a good addiction and habit to have. So I'm glad that we have that. Yeah. In, in my spare time, if I, if I get a spare time, I love hiking and trail running and backpacking and pretty much anything where I can be out in the mountains or the wilderness. And, you know, I love camping. I grew up doing a lot of camping with my family. And so being outside, doesn't matter what I'm doing. That's what I like to do outside of, you know, woodworking and family stuff. So I am often trying to get away as much as I can to hit a trail with the dogs and and just have some fun. My son likes backpacking with me. So it's nice nice. to, yeah, it's nice to have those special times where I can do something with just him and, and enjoy that. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, um, when you did your house renovation, was there any new tools that you got to have? Because you know that the best part about doing renovations is getting a new tool. So did you get to buy any fun new tools for your shop? I did. Yeah. And it's funny because I did the whole like, well, if we have to do this job, we really have to have this tool. Like we can't get it done without it. Totally true. Not exaggerating, but my husband's over here like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. Just buy the tool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, conveniently, I'll just, I'll just hold on to this over here. So I bought, um, I have a, um, Bosch has made um, some really nice battery tools. And um, so I bought a multi-tool I think is what you call it. The ones that, yeah. Yeah. The fun so, with the, with the flat, the flat blade that like, you, you know, you can cut into, you know, baseboards and stuff like that to put your flooring underneath. Yeah. Yes. Multiple, so yeah. I bought one of those, um, with, to kind of match the battery system of the other Bosch tools that I have. Cause I have other tools that use batteries that I'm not going to name because I absolutely hate them. They are legitimate garbage. And I know there's a lot of people that are super supportive of that brand, uh, Mm -hmm. but I've had nothing but problems. And while they're great for like the very beginner, you know, housework kind of DIY, um, they're trash. (laughs) They belong in the trash and I'm slowly replacing them. Um, But the, the Bosch system, I have been super impressed with. I really, really like it. I, um, would not say no to a sponsorship, but without <laughs> hey, a sponsorship, nice, right? <laughs> I know without a sponsorship, I'm still going to buy them. I don't care. They're, they're awesome. I've been really impressed. So I'll, uh, continue to, to add some more tools to my system. Um, and then we just, like I bought, I bought a Graco, uh, paint sprayer, which oh, yeah. I gotta say it was like the, I think it's the 360. That thing is bomb. It is so cool. Like has saved me so much time and headache. And I just, I used it over the weekend, um, painting some trim and like, that is probably one of the coolest paint guns I've ever used. So very impressed. Is that a battery packed one or is that the plug-in one? It does come as a battery option. Um, I bought the plug-in one 
Okay. Uh, I, I kind of had the same theory with my paint sprayer as I do with my sanders is that I'm not using this for the length of a battery. I'm using it for longer and I right. don't have the patience to constantly swap out batteries or wait for batteries to charge because, you know, I just, I got to keep my mojo on these projects. If I have to stop to charge a battery, it's going to be a while before I get back to it. So yeah. I, um, I bought the, the corded one and while, yeah, the cord was kind of a pain and I actually ran it over my cabinet doors a couple of times when I was painting those, um, I quickly learned how to avoid that problem. And right. for the amount of time that I painted, I'm glad I did the corded option because I would have had to take quite a few breaks to let batteries charge. So pretty happy with my choice. Yeah. Um, but I, I would highly recommend that to anybody. That's on um, my list, definitely. I almost bought one. I just did a, a crib for my daughter uh, for my first grandbaby, and I was gonna buy one to do it. And then she goes, "Well, it's chalk paint," and I'm like, "I'm not sure whether chalk paint would work really well with that." So I just did everything by hand. But I really that that was a tool I wanted to buy because I, I hear they're amazing. Yeah, totally worth it. I don't know for sure about chalk paint, but the paint that I use for my cabinets um, was a specialty cabinet paint to where. Um, you didn't have to pre-strip the cabinets. Um, I gave them a little sand anyways, just because to help things adhere a little bit better, but yeah. it's a latex-based paint, but it has uh, an, it, like an oil enamel finish to it. So it, and it finishes hard um, and it doesn't, it doesn't scuff. I've, the only spots that I've had to touch up are spots where I either ran the cord over something and didn't catch it, or, um, you know, I touched something before it had dried all the way. So I've been really impressed with that paint. Um, it was Valspar, I think was the brand. And those turds totally like discontinued the paint right at the end of my project. And <laughs> oh, I no. thought I was gonna die because I wasn't done painting. And I got really lucky and I found like the last four quarts in this, this whole section of Idaho. Um, and I bought them all for a very high price. Uh, so I'm hoping they come out with a better product uh, in yeah. the future, but that product was awesome. So I, I was reading online and it seems like it was close to a chalk paint as far as the consistency goes. So I think the, the sprayer could definitely handle that. It has different nozzles so that if you have different thicknesses of paint, it can handle it better. Okay. Um, but it, it, the paint comes out as a really fine mist and the application is very even and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Well, I, I painted my kitchen cabinets, oh my gosh, 20 years ago, I think. And um, I just used the metal metal can, you know, with the sprayer, the, the old old kind. And, I mean, but it turned it turned out amazing. I used Sherman, I used Sherman Williams at the time. And um, I just, I think to myself, like, I gotta get a new sprayer because that thing is so old. And I know it comes with like, a, it comes like, it comes with a, um a cone thing doesn't it on the inside so you don't have to you like you can just take that cone out when you're when you're done using it and it's e pretty easy cleanup is that correct like so the, this one's a little different it has um actually i'll go get it because it's literally right next to me oh <laughs> isn't that funny yeah hang on let me grab it not sponsored by Graco at all i just want to say not sponsored, but I'll take a sponsor. Oh, I would love a sponsor. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not above that. So it has this little canister that actually holds the paint and it has these little like 
they're reusable, but they're disposable. These little yeah, plastic that's, bags. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. So, so kind of like the cone. Yeah. And yeah. you know, the, the only thing, um, is they don't have some sort of like filter system. You know how some paints you filter to make sure there's no like thicker, chunkier bits. It yeah. doesn't have that. And it does recommend using that. Um, I just mixed up the paint really, really well with a paddle mixer and I didn't have any issues. So okay. I, yeah, it's an awesome gun. I mean, obviously I used it a lot. <laughs> it, it looks it <laughs> totally looks covered loved. in overspray, but it, it looks, it's it looks well loved. It's uh it's a great, it was a great purchase. It was totally worth the the money for it. And I did a lot of research on that too, trying to figure out what would be the best um paint sprayer and pretty happy with that one. So those That's I think those were probably the top tools that I bought. Um, for this project, I, I did have um, Nipex sponsored me um, towards the beginning of this project and sent me a catalog <laughs> that just said, like, tell us what you need. So I got a ton of um, different types of pliers and um, like dikes and and just cutters of all kinds. And oh, we nice. used the living crap out of those on this renovation. Like I I am I know that Nipex is a good brand but I was super impressed with how excellent they worked. And yeah, we, we used them, used them quite a bit. So those, those are probably all the top tools for this project. Um, I know I bought a bunch of other tools and I'm trying to think of what they were and I can't, I can't think of it right now, but. So we're, getting close, we're getting close to our time, but um, one, one more thing I want to ask you is what, what is the next tool that you want to buy? Is there a, is there a special tool, your next tool that you're like, this is the God of all tools. You know what I mean? Like, this is the one that if I had the money to spend it on that I really want to buy, what would that be? Uh, well, actually I bought it already. Um, it, it's just a jointer. I have wanted one for a long time. I, I do a lot of milling my own lumber. So it's definitely um, important to me. But uh, I bought one, actually. I, um, I bought it from a neighbor of my in-laws and uh, it's, it's an older model, I think from like 84 or something like that, but still in excellent condition. Um, so it's sitting in my father-in-law's garage. I'm sure he probably wants it gone, um, but I need, to, I need to be able to clean out all of this house debris from my shop so that I can make room for it. But that's that's the next big one. Um, and then after that, I need all new drills. Like, like I said, I have, I have the other brand of drills and they're terrible and I need, I need drills and a hammer drill and a new nail gun. And so I'm, I'm going to have to upgrade those probably sooner rather than later. Well, uh, I know. And now's the best time. Now's the best. I mean, Christmas has the best sales of all for tools like I just I bought I know I love looking at tool sales <laughs> I know I know that's so funny I mean I love talking to other women that like tools because it's like none of my friends are into tools like my good close friends aren't and I'm like I'm like oh I can talk tools with you you know or you, you sit down you talk to a guy about tools and they're like you know a lot about tools I'm like I know I need to find some girlfriends that you know want to talk I to know fun, right <laughs> I know and I've had so many people throughout this renovation that have messaged me or commented and been like so how many of those tools are yours and how many of those are your husband's and like oddly enough most of them were mine so 
I I don't know. My my husband has more like metal fabrication stuff and I have everything else and we we make a good team with what we have, but I love tools. I I do a lot of tool window shopping and it's great. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Sometimes at night when I'm bored, I just I just scroll through because like I enjoy I enjoy the old school tools, right? So, you know, I have I have an old table saw, delta table saw, delta um uh scroll saw you know I, I kind of I kind of picked that era because at that time those were really popular but they're there's you know they're still kind of heavy and bulky but they last forever they last forever if you don't break them and most of the most of the parts even you know you can find in a local hardware store to fix a lot of that stuff with so and they're coming back I don't know if you've noticed but those type of things the bench type are coming back drill presses um joiners you know, router tables, they're all, they're all coming back into style. So everybody yeah. wants now. So, I mean, that's the way to go. I usually try to buy everything through Facebook if I can. Um, yeah. I've, I've bought all kinds of things, you know, a router and a shaper and all kinds of stuff through there. So I think I only have a few of like my power, my major power tools. I think I only have a few that I've got new. Everything else has either been purchased used or hand me down from somebody else in the family and uh, you know if it's not broken don't worry about it just keep using it and take care of right. it and I, a lot of those older ones yeah they are those things are bulletproof like the Sears and Roebuck and they are awesome those are solid tools they do not make them like that anymore for sure yeah. it's the quality has declined but oh I love those old tools I I absolutely love them that's when I got that jointer I was so excited literally like combing over every inch of it and researching the serial number. And so, yeah, I, I hear you on that. I do a lot of late night tool shopping and pretend putting stuff in my cart. And yeah. Yeah. I had, a, um, I have a Bosch belt sander, which most people, you know, a lot of people don't use belt sanders, but it's, it's a really handy tool to have. If you know how mm -hmm. to use them, like that's one of the things I, I would like to, to teach a course someday on belt sanding and how you belt sand and all the different ways you can use a belt sander because it's really, it's probably one of the best tools in the shop. It's fairly inexpensive, but I bought my belt sander. I want to say it's been probably, let's see, 25 years ago and I still have it. And, and, and I mean, I've used it a ton. I used it on a whole deck to sand down a deck, you know, one year. And it's just, it's just one of my favorite things I have in the shop. Like, I don't know if you have a belt sander, but um, do you? I do. Yeah, I've, I've used a lot. I, uh, I bought it initially to fix a joist that somebody had put too high in one spot. And so we couldn't put flooring down. So I bought it to just kind of even that out, but I used the, yeah. the crap out of it for this project. And the, it's an awesome tool. It's yeah. crazy how many people have either never used one or never even heard of it. They're, yeah. It's under underused. Yeah, it's like, it's like, I need to make a shirt that says, you know, with the belt sander and say, you know, most unpopular tool in the shop. I use my belt sander. <laughs> I belt sand, you know, <laughs> under the bottom or something. But um, anyway, well, then so how can people follow you on, you're on Instagram and then you're also um, on, am I right? You're not on, are you do any TikTok at all or not into no, that yet? No, I... Gosh, I'm so far behind. I do Instagram and I do, um, so I got an alarm going off. I do Instagram and I do uh, videos on YouTube. Um, so my videos on YouTube, it's kind of a mix of like 
my Jeep videos, drone flying is another hobby of mine. So Jeep videos, and um, I've been trying to get more into making videos for YouTube for my builds and my tool reviews. Um, so hopefully once this project is over, I can do a ton more tool reviews on the different tools that I've used. Um, but those are the two best places to find me. You can always email me too. Uh, my email is harvesterworks at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always on Instagram. It's a problem, <laughs> but I'm always on Instagram. So that's probably the number one place to reach me. It's a little bit of an addiction, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially when you get caught up in all the woodworking stuff. I know, but you know, then again, like in a good way, it's a good addiction, right? Cause you know, it keeps your mind up other things and you know, it's, it's, it, to me, it's healthier than some other things you could be doing. Right. So totally. You know, yeah. Well, I appreciate, you know, you coming here on with me and I hope to come and visit you someday in Boise. I've traveled through that area and I know we tried to connect and it just didn't work, but um, one of these days I will come and see your shop and see your beautiful kitchen and um, everybody come follow Des uh, Harvester Woodworks on Instagram. And um, thank for thanks for taking the time and chat with me today. So I, I really enjoyed it. I hope, I hope you had a good time too. I did. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure I get all the mice cleaned out. So when you come, we can actually look at the shop and not be freaked out. <laughs> maybe we could, maybe we could build something together. That would be really cool. Actually, that would be awesome. I would totally be up for that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be totally cool. All right. Well, everybody, thanks again. And um, thanks for Katie for uh, having me at Crafting Revolution. And I uh, hope I get invited back to do this again because it's a lot of fun and it keeps me involved even though I don't really get a build right now because uh, I'm on the road doing so many different things. But one of these days I will get my shop. I will get my new, my U, new use CNC machine working. And then maybe I'll get to be on here as, as, a, as you know, maybe you could, will be my host someday. You never know, right? That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Des. Thanks a lot. Thanks, everybody. All right. Have, have a good uh, Halloween and fall and Christmas. You too. Thank you. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. That went pretty good, huh? I think so. I'm going to eat the rest of my candy bar now. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't really get to eat it, did you? I just had one bite left. I just didn't want to crunch into the camera. So it's so hard for me because not I didn't wear my glasses at all during this time. And all right, again, that is Des of Harvester Woodworks for guest. And I will include the links on how to follow her in the show notes for today's episode, as well as the link for Bonnie, our guest host. You can find um, the show notes best by looking at the description for today's episode in your podcast app. I will fully admit that I am behind on getting the videos uploaded to the Freeman Furnishings YouTube channel. However, there are quite a few up there um, still. So if you would like to check out watching them, you can go ahead to YouTube and uh, Freeman Furnishings is the channel to catch those on. Please follow along with the podcast over on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution, as well as follow along with your host, myself, Katie Freeman at Freeman Furnishings, and my co-host, Katie Thompson at Women of Woodworking. 
Um, as always, thank you so much to Ashley Minnie for writing and producing the theme song for today's episode and every episode. And we will be back with a brand new episode next week. As always, in the meantime, let's go craft a revolution. <laughs>